Welcome to the CP for Three podcast. It's been a nice break, but I'm back here with Jack Brigamini. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. We're ready to talk about some um, Lamelo Ball today. There's been some recent status on him gaining, gaining, gaining some grounds on in the newest NBA mock draft. And we're also going to be talking about ESPN's new list of their top 100 players headed into the new NBA season. Yeah, we're going to be discussing a lot of uh, hot basketball topics right now. And just right before we get into that, I have one quick announcement. So this year, me and Jack will be covering Archbishop Stepanek basketball, uh, one of the best high school teams in the country, uh, led by uh, star players R.J. Davis and Andrew Griffin, two potential NBA players. We will be going to games this year and talking about them after because they're going to be just such a hot topic um, around New York and uh, the city especially. So um, be sure to tune to that. The season starts in about less, um, less than two months, which is pretty crazy. All right, first off, we're going to talk about Lamella Ball. Mellow Ball, so many people hate him, so many people love him. He's been in the national spotlight since the dude was 13 years old. Everyone forgets that he was a starter on the number one team in the country, Chino Hills, when he was 13 years old. He was playing with his older brothers, Lonzo, LiAngelo, Eli Scott, and Onyeke Okongu, who some people consider the best high school team in this era, and truly it was. They really made Ball's life over time. These channels got big because of them. They were so entertaining. And LaMelo Ball, he was when he was in 8th grade, or he was in 9th grade, but LaVar moved him up, should have been in 8th grade. He was averaging 14 points a game on the best team in the country. That's just crazy enough to me. So going into his freshman year, or his sophomore year, he was ranked around the number 14 recruit in the country, which at the time I always thought was crazy. And I remember they ranked his teammate on the Congo over him. And I was just mind blown because I thought LaMelo was such a dynamic player. But his career really took a, I don't know if it, to be honest, took a run for the worse. With Lonzo Ball's stock uh, and the big baller brand and the Ball family being such a huge brand during Lonzo's freshman season at UCLA, Lamelo is thrust in the spotlight. And I don't know if that was such a great thing, from him pulling up of half court, him scoring 92 points, but some say he was cherry picking, to him then playing one of the worst games of his life, and one of the biggest games of his life, when they lost to Modern Day in Bull Ball. Lamelo Ball... Then after that, um, was supposed to have a prime junior year at Chino Hills, but his dad pulled him out of high school and threw him into Lithuania, where he just was terrible in Lithuania. He could not play at all. And to go on with this, his whole family was kind of in a downward spiral after that. Going, during Lonzo's freshman year at UCLA, they were the hot topic. ESPN and all these talk shows had LeVar Ball all the time talking about his brand. And this just created more hype for the Mellow Ball. And with more hype, became more hate. Some people call LaMelo Ball the most famous high school athlete of all time, and I'd have to agree with them. At the age of 16 or 17 years old, the dude had 3 million followers. And never mind, he hasn't even played a college game yet, and he has this big of a following. He had his own signature shoe, he had a Lamborghini, he had his own talk show, he had a lot of bad looks. And I think that really uh, took people's eyes off how good of a player he actually was. We never got to see him, though, his junior year, which everyone was supposed to... Um, be the biggest one yet he flopped in the jba but then he had to turn for the better he returned to the united states after spending some time in the jba tour playing with spire institute now spire is one of the best prep teams in the country they are led uh, by lamella ball obviously uh rocket watts and isaiah jackson three of the top recruits and lamella ball just remind the world how good of a player he actually was he averaged 21 points a game but practically 22 21.8 8 and 9 or 9 and 9. It was 8.8, 9. Uh, 8.9 assists. He killed it this year at uh, Spire. And everyone was wondering, will he be able to play college basketball? And the answer was never uh, really given to us. Everyone just assumed he was ineligible because of his professional status and his signature shoe and him endorsing the brand. 
So he never really gave college basketball a try. Or I'm going to rephrase that. No one really knew if he was eligible because he had to apply. He had three offers from Alabama, A&M, LIU, Brooklyn. And oh, I can't remember the, the last school off the time I had. But no big-time schools wanted him because they, were all, they didn't want to waste time recruiting a guy they never could. So he went over to Australia to play for the Illawarra Hawks. And everyone was still, and everyone kind of was like, eh, I don't know the ball. No one knew how good of a player he was. But so far in the preseason of the NBL, the Australian Basketball League, for you guys who don't know, there's 19 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. He's going to be against grown men, and he's playing so well. He's playing so efficient. Everyone's saying he can't play defense. That's when he was six foot and not strong at all. He is bulked up. He's now almost six foot eight killing it in a professional league. Some say this league is the second best league in the world. And LaMelo Ball has shown all the NBA scouts, executives, GMs, analysts, draft guys, that he is the real deal. LaMelo Ball, in my opinion, should be the number one pick in the draft. There's not a prospect like him. He can shoot the ball. He can defend. He can rebound. He can do everything. And he puts people in the seats. This game is about money. I don't see how you can pass up LaMelo Ball. I think he has such a transformative talent. I think he's only scratching the surface of his potential. The reason LaMelo Ball wasn't really looked at by scouts in the recent years was because how much he really struggled in Lithuania. He was not ready for that type of atmosphere to play in. He was playing again with grown men, but this was when he was 19 and 6 foot 7. This is when he was this is when he was like 6 foot 3, just a 16-year-old kid, not ready to play in this atmosphere, not ready to be away from home, away from all of his friends, away from just society that he was used to. He wasn't ready to play in that type of environment. And I, I completely understand why he struggled there. He, the coach didn't really seem like he was behind him at all. Teammates kind of threw him under the bus at times, and um, he didn't even speak their language. So I think I think that must have been really hard for him to go through that mentally and to come back from that. Which is why when he went to Spire this past year, scouts still weren't really looking at him. He, there was not, none of this draft talk was happening even when he was at Spire. No one was really set on him becoming like a top five prospect. He, people were still doubting him, but even even though he averaged 22 points per game at Spire, one of the top basketball high schools or institutes in the country, but like you said, just recently he's been playing in the Australia's Basketball League, and he's been in just just in preseason. It's not even the season. It's not even um. It's not even the regular season yet. He has been doing amazing. He he's averaging 22 points per game against players. Who were who have been played in the NBA? Like his teammate Aaron Brooks played in the NBA for about 15 seasons. They averaged 22 points, 22 points one season in the NBA. So these are the type of players he's playing against. And Lamelo Ball. It was also said in the most recent, um, in the most recent preseason game in the Australian Basketball League, he had, he dropped he dropped 20 points on on a six-time Defensive Player of the Year in Australia. Um, this, a guy who, who he was playing against, six-time defense player of the year, but he could not stop LaMelo Ball from pulling up from three or getting by him. It was it was really just just LaMelo Ball doing what he wanted. He couldn't stop him. And this is what causing scouts to, to say LaMelo Ball has the potential to be a top-three pick. And not just what he's doing on the court, it's what he's been doing off the court. Because there's been this perception that LaMelo Ball, you know, he's not really the smartest guy. Maybe he, he doesn't make the best business decisions or just decision decision decisions in general, but that's not true at all. That couldn't be more fake than, than anything, as one scout who was watching Lamella Ball this past week in the preseason game said, 
he completely changed my perception of the type of prospect he is, and all the background info I gathered here from his coaches and teammates paint a very different story of what I thought of him off the court as well. All of his coaches, all of his teammates have couldn't have said better things about him. They just, they just say how great he is on the court and off the court, and that you'd love being around him. So I think that, combined with how good he's gotten as a prospect, could definitely make him a top three pick in the NBA draft this coming season. I mean, I completely agree with you. I, I think he is such a special talent. I want to go back to one thing I feel like people haven't talked about enough. Why did so many top high school programs who are supposed to play in the mellow ball just pull out this year? You really think that they were that concerned about the integrity of their school playing against someone who's professional? Why did Oak Hill not want to play them? Why did Lavalmere not want to play them? Why did IMG not want to play them? These schools knew how good the mellow ball was. And they wanted to protect their brand. They don't want to... Um, to go into uh, to go into a game thinking they're gonna win, they end up getting destroyed by a guy who's one of the most controversial figures in sports media today. And I think that Lamelo Ball, just the package that he brings with him, is just something NBA teams cannot pass up around. He is too good of a player, too big of a guy, and too big of a brand to say I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not gonna take this guy. I'm worried about his dad. Lavar Ball has been quiet for so long. There's absolutely nothing that should, that should scare teams away from him. In addition, Lonzo Ball went on the Woj podcast, and Lonzo Ball even said, I'm going to let his LaMelo candle his career. He took, he's taking his career into his own hands. He's not letting his dad do it. He's not signing with Big Ball Brand. He's taking shoe meetings. He's already more. He's a smarter player than Lonzo was at his age, and people are raving about Lonzo. LaMelo shoots better. He even passes better, which is Lonzo's best attribute, and he defends better at this age. Yeah, I think that that's actually a good point. LaMelo's been able to look at Lonzo's struggles, his first two seasons in the NBA, and he's been able to kind of make sure he's not going to struggle what Lonzo struggled with. Like, Lonzo was extremely struggling with, like, getting, being able to get to the rim and have a consistent three-point shot. But I think LaMelo has taken that and made sure he's going to work on that. Like, his strength and conditioning these past few years, even though it's clearly, it's clearly that he's not, like, insanely strong or ripped or anything, but he certainly has the power to drive to the rim against bigger defenders, and he has shown that in his recent games in the NBL. And his three-point shot, although it does look a little funny, it's definitely, you can definitely say it's much better, much more consistent and much more smooth than Lonzo's shot has ever been in his first two seasons in the NBA. So I think LaMelo has an advantage of his an older brother being in the in the NBA. He knows what all like the he knows about all the doubters, he knows about all the haters, but he he can use advice from Lonzo and just sees what Lonzo struggles with to help him improve his game. So when he get when LaMelo gets to the NBA he won't struggle with the same things his brother struggled with. Jack brought up one of the best points that I've never even thought about. LaMelo Ball is used to this spotlight. People are acting like he's just some random guy. He knows what it takes. He's his own, his family's his own TV show. Cameras are constantly on him. This has probably become normal to him. LaMelo Ball will be able to thrive in the NBA. I think he can even thrive in a big market team. Say it, ha- say it happens to the next guy to get him. I don't think there's any reason why he's going to fail. He's played in the, one of the biggest high school markets at the time, Chino Hills. He played Spire, one of the biggest high school markets of the country. And now scouts are flying, flying all the way to Australia to watch him. The middle ball is Bon Ball's life over time slams on everything every day. He knows what it's like. He's not going to be some guy who's just some just be some random player who's not used to all these cameras. The mellow ball will be so transformative because he's used to the pressure and he's always lived up to it. There's never been a time where the mellow ball doubted us. But Lithuania, you can't even say that he was not. That should never have happened. Lithuania was a bad decision. We get that. But look how much he's rebounded from it. He was pretty much say people hit rock bottom like he wasn't even going to make the league. Now he's projected to be the could be the number one pick. I think that Mellow Ball's bounce back from what people call the bottom, it'll just help him grow even more. 
Yeah, so with the most recent mock draft, they have um, ESPN has Lamelo as a as a top three pick. But this is kind of what most of the NBA community has been thinking for a while. I think like non talk show NBA fans have realized how much potential Lamelo Ball has had throughout since eighth grade. Pretty much, we all knew how good he could be. And honestly, I'm taking Lamelo Ball over like prospects that have like that have taken the traditional route. Like I would, I would rather take Lamelo Ball over someone like Cole Anthony, who is going to North Carolina this year. And I'm not saying he's not going to do as good as Lamelo Ball will, but he is playing in the college atmosphere, and he's taking the more traditional route. But Lamelo Ball is just such a transformative player. Like he has a chance to have such a bigger impact than Cole Anthony will ever have at UNC because he's just taking the traditional route. There's nothing special about him. I mean, he's a good... He will probably be a top-five pick, but I, I, I just think Lamella Ball has all the more potential, and he's just more NBA-ready than Cole Anthony or anyone else would ever, will ever be. And I think we can also look at RJ Hampton, who you've mentioned in the past. Like, he, him going to Australia, too, with Lamella Ball, that's also helping Lamella Ball become... Like, helping scouts realize how much potential he really has. Because if two people go to this league, that just helps both of them in general. It's a mutual, it's a mutual beneficial thing. That helps them. I think RJ, I think RJ Hampton's stock will also rise because he goes to the Australian Basketball League. I'm not saying he'll be a top three pick also because there obviously there's other talented players in the 2020 draft. But I think him going to, RJ Hampton going to the, the Australian Basketball League will help him more than if he went to a traditional college. Are you Jack 100%? I just think the NBL is just, I think it's the real uh, deal. I think players should, I think all high school recruits should just go there. RJ Hampton's team, uh, to bring up him, the um, New Zealand Breakers, is playing two NBA teams this year in the preseason. Like, that's just awesome. Like, they're not playing uh, high school kids or college kids, I'd say young guys. They're playing grown men. No, they're playing them as guys of where they want to be. And I just think the NBL should, should just be the alternative route now. In addition, I've heard there's been rumors that Four out of the top 20 prospects in 2020 are considering a sign in the NBL. And I think this is just a great thing for basketball as a whole of people not taking the traditional route. I'm very excited to see where all those guys end up. On a side note, it's been recently reported that, as you said, Lamelo Ball was thinking about signing with Nike. Do you think this is the end of Big Baller Brand? Yes, I do. Big Baller Brand, the website, has been down for about eight months now. Um, it's really just not a thing anymore. People have... The, the sh- everything is overpriced. There's no draw to it anymore. LeVar Ball is not that entertaining, funny guy as he used to be. People realize that, or I wouldn't say people, people always knew that he had the potential to fail. And I just think that he, he couldn't keep what he was doing going. What, what, he didn't have a big enough draw anymore. Yeah, the reason Big Ball of Brand was ever successful were because Lamelo and Lonzo bought into it. But now that Lonzo has openly come out and said, I'm making my own decisions now. I will wear what shoe I want. He... Lonzo Ball literally came out and said, I couldn't wear the Big Baller Brand shoes for more than a quarter without ripping them and destroying them. So these shoes were never ready to actually be played in. So they sold all of these shoes to kids throughout the country, but these shoes weren't even ready. So that just shows what kind of a company they were. And I don't think LeVar Ball will ever ever be able to rebound from this since he doesn't have his his two main players who who were endorsing his brand, his two own kids. So without them, this brand is dead. And even though LeVar is denying this, like there's been clips from the TV show, he's been denying this, I think eventually he's going to come to his senses and just pretty much announce that the brand has been shut down. I think that's what's for the best for Lonzo and Lamelo, just for him to get as far away from this as possible. And Lonzo already, they already have, but 
I think just the closing chapter of this will be Lavar announcing that the brand is dead, and that would just help both. If he wants what's best for his sons, he'll do that. Never mind, these shoes were costing $500, and they were ripping every quarter, so I, I can't even describe how bad of a business idea uh, that was. Uh, the big ball brand as a whole, it started off very good, but all those things with a better business bureau gave them an F. Turned out to be true. They really were just not a great company overall. I want to gateway off of Lamelo Ball uh, now towards the upcoming NBA season. I want to start off with the, the player rankings that ESPN has just put out. I'll go, I'm going to list the top five. ESPN is Giannis 1, Kawhi 2, LeBron James 3, James Harden 4, and AD 5. I disagree with this list in a few ways. Number one, I think LeBron James is the best player in the NBA, hands down. LeBron James averaged 27 points a game, 8 assists, and 8 rebounds on 50% shooting. And, and at least the amount of minutes in his career. Uh, that is true, but like... He, he was injured this whole year. I just don't understand how LeBron James still is the best player. He had, a, he had a bad optic year because people said he wasn't liking the young Lakers. It doesn't mean his play decreased at all. Like I just don't understand how you could put him not number one. Well, I do agree LeBron is still a great player. and I do think he's still, he's still top three. And I could actually do agree with um, ESPN's ranking with LeBron with this one. I do think he is the third best player in the world. Because I would put... Well, if we're not counting KD because he's injured, I wouldn't. I would have. If if we're counting KD, I would have him above, above LeBron at number two. But we're not going to count him. So I do actually agree with the top two that ESPN has. But I would just switch him. I would have Kawhi one, Giannis two, LeBron three. And here's the reason why I would still have LeBron three. LeBron he had an off year, off year last year, but it wasn't actually an off year because he st- his stats were still great. But I understand how he was injured. But when he was back, it was clear that that Lakers team, like that Lakers team, should have made the playoffs. We, we can admit that, even though they were not very good, they still should have made the playoffs. They had the best player in the they had the last year, the best player in the world last year, and they had some nice pieces around them. But they still hadn't made the playoffs. And it's not so much what LeBron didn't do; it's just what Giannis and Kawhi did do that I think offset what LeBron didn't do. Because we have to talk about how Kawhi Leonard, first year on this new team, took the Raptors, and won an NBA championship. That is an incredible feat just for, to be able to get thrown into a situation that he didn't want to be thrown into and win a championship with them. But the reason I have Kawhi over Giannis, unlike ESPN, because ESPN is Giannis over Kawhi, I have Kawhi over Giannis because I will take postseason success over regular season success any day of the week. I do not care that Giannis won the MVP of the regular season because what does that really show? Championships are what matter at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if if Giannis wins five MVP awards, but let's say Kawhi wins five championships. I'll have that Kawhi is out happier than Giannis any any time because Giannis would rather have five championships than five MVPs. And it's not just how good Kawhi is offensively; it's how good he is defensively too. In Game Three of the Eastern Conference Finals, when the Raptors were down 2-0. Nick Nurse told Kawhi Leonard to start guarding Giannis. That's the new game plan. And when he guarded him in Game 3, in 41 matchups, Giannis took only 12 shots, scored only 4 points, and a field goal percentage of 17%. Kawhi Leonard absolutely locked up Giannis in that game while, while scoring 30 points. That just shows that Kawhi is able to do it on both ends of the floor, something Giannis isn't able to do all the time because Giannis... He, the stats are there for his offensive game, but he doesn't have that ability in late game to take over the game and create his own shot. Like 
because he, he can't shoot the three, and that's that's a huge problem. I don't, I, I'm not comfortable with having the best player in the league be someone who can't shoot the three ball when that is when that is an essential part of today's game. But it's not like it's bad that he's number two. I'm, I'm just saying you can't have someone who can't do what the league is about be the best player in the league because Kawhi has shown he is able to show up when it matters. If it's when if it's when um he's playing the Sixers in the second round of the playoffs, or if it's in the finals when he's able to outplay the entire Warriors team. So I think I think that's a big a big part of why I would have Kawhi over Giannis and LeBron. Yeah, I would I agree with you on the Giannis part. I, I But the thing is with Giannis though is he's just such a dynamic player to me. Last season, the best season of his career, he had twenty or he won the MVP at twenty seven point seven points a game, twelve point five rebounds and six assists. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks have done exactly what they need to do. Giannis, he's an improving shooter. It's not like he can't shoot. It's not like he's Ben Simmons. But they put all these shooters around him. And my opinion is that Giannis, for this year, he has to be able to win with this team. They put every, they put all the right pieces around him, and his game matches up perfectly. There's no excuses for playing bad against Kawhi Leonard. LeBron, yeah, I admit that that was very disappointing for Giannis. Giannis is seven foot tall and has a seven foot five wingspan, and can almost drive on anybody. Kawhi Leonard is only six foot seven, and now he's probably the best defender in the league. That's inexcusable. You are four inches tall, almost five inches taller than a guy that was guarding you, and he locked you up. Another thing was. Mike, Buden, Mike Budenholzer, the coach of the Bucs, is one of the best coaches in the league. You, ca- you can't uh, choke in the play Not to say choke in the playoffs, but you can't ha- be having disappointment after disappointment every year. You should have been in the NBA Finals. That Raptors team was not as good as you guys. The regular season showed it. The rap- the rap- it's not even like Kawhi Leonard missed that many games. When he missed, the Raptors were good also. And you, and you still couldn't win? I, I, just, don't, I just don't like that, uh, Giannis. I'm a big fan of your game, but you have to be more consistent. Also, Giannis needs to have his shot. Like, Kawhi has his shot. He can post up, and he can fade away. LeBron has his shot. He can drive to the rim, or he can do the fadeaway like Kawhi. KD has his shot. He can pull up from three in ISO. Steph has his shot, the shimmy, or the three. Harden has his shot, the step the step back travel three. Giannis doesn't have that. Most of his scoring honestly comes from at the rim or dunking, which that can work in the regular season, but in the postseason when... One coach has seven games to figure out how to stop you, then that's not going to be so effective as we saw in the playoffs. They can you can game plan against someone dunking on you every single game. That is why Giannis was not very effective in the playoffs this year, even though the stats were there, the 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 results weren't. So, I mean, that's where I think this ESPN list comes out of fault having having Giannis at one because just he doesn't have. I think. They, ESPN knows that postseason success is more important than regular season success, so I don't think that adds up to having Giannis at one, considering what Kawhi was able to do last year and what LeBron was also able to do just in past seasons. I want to get with another player outside of Giannis. So ESPN, sorry, says Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron, Harden, AD. They have Steph Curry as six. That is insane to me. Steph Curry, in my opinion, is. I think he has changed basketball like no other player has. He's gotten rid of centers. He's gotten rid of pretty much anybody who can't shoot, which the, who would have said, so you said someone 20 years ago, we're just going to shoot threes all day. And the guy that's going to change this is a small point guard from a small college in North Carolina who has bad ankles, who's 6'3". You probably wouldn't believe me. Steph Curry, to have him at 6 and to put James Harden and Anthony Davis ahead of him 
is outlandish. Steph Curry is a two-time MVP, three-time champion for a reason. He took the Golden State Warriors to finals as the best player while shooting threes. Steph Curry played, has never disappointed any single game of his life. Steph Curry has always been the guy. Steph Curry can shoot, he can dribble, he can distribute. He's an amazing teammate. And you put James Harden and Anthony Davis, two guys who have had all, little, practically no postseason success, and to say that they know that postseason matters more than regular season, AD misses average of 25 games a year because he's always injured. James Harden plays amazing in January, but he never finishes in the playoffs. Steph Curry has adjusted to literally everything. He's opened every single person on the Warriors team, no matter where their stance in the league, with open arms. Why do you think Kevin Durant went there to the beginning? He knew how good of a teammate Steph Curry was. He knew what type of uh, organization the Warriors were. And Steph Curry is just a, um, an image of them. He is so good, in my opinion, that I, can't, I just can't put him outside the top five. So where would, you, where would you have him on your list? Steph Curry this year? I'd have him fourth. I just, to me, sixth. ESPN says it's just Who, so who's, that, wait, who's in front of him for you? Uh, LeBron, Kawhi, and Giannis. LeBron, Kawhi, and Giannis. Okay. Well, my main problem with what you just said is this list isn't the most influential basketball players of all time. This is the best players heading into the 2020 NBA season. It is the best players, though. Steph Curry. No, not most influential. 27.3 points a game. I know. Five rebounds and five assists. Being this, I'm, and I, I, would, I would have Steph Curry at number five, but... To say that he is like one of the best players on this list, there's no question in my mind that LeBron, that LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, and Harden are better than Steph Curry. And here's why. Because last year, Harden had one of the greatest seasons of all time. And I know that didn't result in, in necessarily postseason success. He, he did make it to the second round. And we have, to, we have to remember that the West is very, very good. Much better than the East. And guess who Harden lost to? Steph Curry. But... And I know you could just say, okay, Steph above Harden for that, but we have to keep in mind that that Rockets team was not as good, and James Harden still put up great points, great stats in that series. Even though they, were, they didn't live up to par what he did in the regular season, we have to just remember that. James Harden, that team, he had to carry that team throughout the entire year, and he has not had the postseason success. But considering Steph, like obviously all time I would have Steph way above Harden, but just going into the next season, having Harden one spot above Curry... I don't see that as such as as much of a reach considering Steph. He just had like a year last year. He had a good year, but it wasn't anything like crazy. It was really good, but but if we're talking about the best players in the league right now, so that's considering Harden averaged nine more points last year than him, and more rebounds and more assists, and considering the Warriors didn't win an NBA championship, which they usually do in the last five years, I don't think it's crazy to say that Harden is one spot. What having Harden one spot above Steph? Is that is that crazy? To me, it is crazy. Everyone talks about winning. Winning is everyone's favorite thing, except when it comes to their favorite player. It's the truth. No one can deny it. Everyone's been at fall in that. The Rockets have never won. I don't see it changing this year. And I don't care if he's averaged nine more points a game than Steph Curry. Steph Curry still had more wins. He still made it to the finals. He still beat James Harden. And Kevin Durant got injured in that series. Steph Curry is considered the second best player on his team anyway. So I just don't understand. James Harden has never been made anything able to work in this team. Chris Paul didn't work. Dwight Howard didn't work. Uh, we'll see if Russell Westbrook works. But James Harden, just like he puts up good individual stats. But literally, just look at his stats from December to February, then from February to the end of the season. They decrease slowly. And James Harden isn't injury prone. He doesn't take that many games off. James Harden just is exhausted. He just plays his best basketball in January. He's done that his whole career. 
And I just don't understand how you can just base off three months of basketball off of one ranking. To me, it's just he went. Steph Curry just wins more. Yeah, but that's also because the Warriors are just a better basketball team and organization than the Rockets will ever be. As considering that the Ro- that the Warriors did have Kevin Durant for such a long time, they have Cle- they had Clay Thompson in the series against the Rockets. I mean, the Rockets were just not ta- talented enough to beat that Warriors team even without Kevin Durant. But I just think that Harden. Harden being above Steph is just, I, I just think considering what he did last season, going off what they did last season, heading into this season, not all time, not their careers, just I think Harden is, puts up more stats, just puts up better numbers, and I think that the Rockets really have a chance to make some noise next year considering that the Warriors lost KD and Clay for most of the season. So I think going into next season, just having Harden one spot ahead of, Harden at once, one, one spot ahead of Steph, isn't that crazy? But I'm not saying that the Warriors can't surprise everyone next year and do better than the Rockets, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, you're right, exactly. I'm really rooting for you, Steph Curry, this year. I think this is this is a big year for you without your so-called super team. Draymond Green's back. Clay will be out for all the year. But it's, you still have a great coach and a great organization, so I still have faith that you'll uh, have an awesome year. Yeah, it's also crazy how ESPN had AD over Steph in their list because I think AD... Hasn't really done anything. As we said, we were talking about postseason success. He's had, he's had absolutely none. Like, even if you, you can say Harden has none, but it is said way more than AD has ever had. And I think that will definitely change after this year, considering he's on the Lakers. And I think that will help AD's career as a whole a lot in general. But AD didn't even play a lot last season because the Pelicans had to rest him just so they could trade him. Like, I don't understand how you could have... AD over Steph Curry, who pretty much played most of the season, had a great postseason, and almost won an NBA championship again. Like, I don't understand how you could have AD, who sat out most of the season, and just put up numbers that he's used to putting up over Steph Curry. It's very true. I think, I think these lists are just very subjective, but it's, it's always a great debate to have uh, player rankings because so much factors into it. But I, I want to gateway to this. I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about this. The NBA G League is experimenting with a new rule. You only get one free throw per foul shot for any time you get fouled. And to me, this is just crazy. So if you go out for three and you get hacked, you only get one free throw. The point of free throw is to retake that shot back. And I just don't see this working at all. I think that the NBA is just trying to... Um, decrease point scoring and to help youth basketball to be honest because if you look at up until last year NBA's teams were almost averaging about 100 points a game then last year went up to about 118 the defense is getting worse and worse I think this is just a move by the NBA to try to teach younger guys that defense matters it's not just about offense and I just don't think they did this in the correct way at all and I I know in the NBA I could see this becoming a rule for a year or two but I just think it's crazy and I'm, I'm very curious to see how it ends up in the G League this year yeah, so the main reason for this change was to reduce the length of games, but because I'll admit, it's very frustrating when you're watching an NBA game and half of it is just them shooting free throws. Like, it gets very boring at times. So, I mean, I don't think this is the worst idea ever, but I can't really speak on it because I don't know what it will, what effect it will have. Like, will this inflate the stats way too much? Because if, um, it's much easier to make one free throw for three points than if you get if you get fouled on a three-pointer in the NBA and then you have to make those three free throws. Like, most of those players will probably miss one or two of them. But, um, yes, I think this would inflate stats a lot. I'm not sure how, it, how I would feel about it, but it would certainly reduce the game length. So, if I... I mean, I don't watch the G League that much, but if this if this makes the game much, much, much smoother, much faster, I mean, 
and if it's successful, I don't, I see I I wouldn't not necessarily want this in in the, the in the real league in the NBA, but just something to experiment with, and I just I'm interested to see how it goes. That's one thing I'll give Adam Silver credit for. He's always trying to improve the NBA in any way possible, and I give him a lot of credit for that. I just don't think this is the way to go about it. So Jack, I think it's been a great podcast, and I'm glad to have you back on again. Um, I have one more announcement though. So going into this. Uh, basketball season we'll be talking more about the nba and college basketball obviously and we'll keep up on the low ball and rj hampton especially but i really really want to make high school basketball a topic because i don't think there's anybody out here who really covers it consistently at least do at least do a media or they do tweets and stuff but i think there's no one that talks about it a lot so i definitely want to be following stepanak um img academy sierra canyon with lebron james's son and Dwayne wade's son that'll be an amazing year uh, Montverde, they're loaded. Um, pretty much okay. All these traditional powerhouses are loaded. And I think that this could be a great a way for us to grow talking about something that's not talked about. And uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at C, uh, underscore CP43 underscore. That's underscore CP43, the number 43 underscore. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at CPenegos21. Uh, yeah. Make sure to follow the Instagram. In the upcoming days, we'll be we'll be actually be doing a surprise pod surprise podcast with a player from Stepanek, but we're, we won't we won't mention who it is yet. But you have to wait and see to make sure to find out who it is. All right, Christian signing off. Thank you, Jack. It's great. It was a great podcast today. See you next time.